The following is a Talking Buds podcast special presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, the bar is open. Come on in and join the Buds for a Maple Leafs postseason pint. My friend Harry and I would uh, like to buy you guys a round of beers. You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? Wash it down with one beer, two beers, three beers. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Well, Ryan, a bit of a different feeling to kick off this show, eh, than the last one? Um, yep. Just an absolute blood-boiling hockey game. Sitting at home watching that, it's unbelievable how a sport and a team can get your emotions and blood boiling at a level that mine was at last night watching that hockey game. So anyone who's listening to this knows what happened. Leafs fall 4-1 to the Boston Bruins. I don't feel like there's any need at this point, Ryan, to recap the game and what happened in each of the periods. I just want to hit on some storylines and some things that we saw and rant and rave a little bit. Let's start with the fact that the Boston Bruins dominated this game from a physical perspective, from the drop of the puck to the final buzzer. It was... They ran the Leafs out of the building with their physicality. And it's like we saw all year, the Maple Leafs have no answer for a team when they ratchet up the physicality like that. It's such, as a fan, it's such a helpless feeling watching it. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, I I can't believe that. Like they could just sit around and get pushed around like that. And only a couple guys can respond or willing to respond and everyone else can just be a bystander and stand around. But you thought that effort from the Bruins was coming in the first game. So at least, at least we get a split out of it and it it came one game late for the Bruins, but they really woke up last night and the Maple Leafs, like the Maple Leafs didn't even have offensive zone time last night. Like there wasn't, there wasn't three shifts in a row where the Leafs were hemming the Bruins in. It was, it was the Bruins on constant pressure all game long. I know that a lot of people listening will are screaming at us being like, the the officiating was awful. The officiating was awful. Yes, the officiating was awful. Yeah, but awful. the Leafs can't score on the power play, so it doesn't even matter how bad the officiating is. I get how bad the officiating wasn't great. They should have called a lot of stuff on both teams. But at this point, it's like, don't pretend that a couple Leaf power plays would have been the difference. They, they Their power play sucks, and we've been talking about that all year. We we will. The, the referees have put their whistles in the po- in their pocket for this series, Ryan. They, like, there's no two ways about it. I, and uh, as someone who's refereed myself, you've umpired baseball. We've been in that side of it. We You and I aren't the uh, types to go after the refs and blame the refs. But the officiating has been pretty non-existent really in the last two games I see it changing though like there's no way after that cadre incident and everything else that happened with DeBrusque and all the other goofballs on the ice that there's not a conversation with the referees going to the next game being like you guys gotta 
not lose control of the game like you did last night. They completely lost control of that hockey game last night. Well, let's talk about uh, Nazem Kadri because you just brought it up. I'm of two minds about it, Ryan. Um, this is a team that's really um, passe and laid back and has no pushback. So I like the fact that somebody took matters into their own hands to, to push one of these guys back and say, you're not going to continue to um, dominate us physically for the rest of this game. But, but it was a stupid cross check to the head. And now he's going to get suspended. And he's one of the guys that you need in this series. Yeah. The, the problem is Kadri has a history of just taking it a, one step too far. And that one step too far always ends up in some sort of suspension for him. But if you put yourself in his shoes last night, like I, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. Like your whole team is getting pushed around. No one was, no one is responding other than, Muzzin and Hyman, everyone else isn't doing a thing. There's there's the whole team's after Kadri, that little that little debrusque gets under your skin, and he hits Marlowe and he saw an opportunity and he took it. And now it's gonna cost him. But I, I I'm not gonna honestly, I'm not blaming Nazim Kadri. It, it sucks that he's got suspended, it's gonna hurt the team. But if I put myself in his shoes, man, I, I would I probably would have done the same thing. Like well, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy watching Jake DeBrusque roll around on the ice in agony. Yeah, like obviously it's it's dangerous once you get a stick up on a guy's face. But when when the whole team is after you and you're the only guy responding, the whole game was around Kadri last night. Kadri was the whole hockey game last night. Well, okay, I I don't want to hold this in any longer. I gotta get something off my chest. The whole reason why the game was about Kadri last night is because you got a 6'3", 225-pound centerman who's the highest player on the team who throws the Harry Potter invisibility cloak on the second the game gets even remotely physical. And it's like, no one is saying that I want Austin Matthews to become Eric Lindros, but it's like, dude, you a guy your size should not just completely disappear once the physicality ratches up. This is a real problem that they have with Austin Matthews, Ryan. He did it last year in the series against Boston, and he's doing it again. The second, the second, and he did it all year against teams who played physical against the Leafs. The second it gets too much, he he can't handle it. I don't know if he's hurt, worried about getting injured. I don't know if it's just the type of personality he has, but it's like, you're not going to have success in this league in the playoffs unless you learn to deal with playing a physical hockey team that's going to push back on you. It's He was invisible last night, right? He had the one wraparound chance in the first period, and then that was the last you saw or heard of him. Like, yeah. figure it out. Figure it out. And it gets maximized because there's no one else on the team that Everyone else on the team except Kadri, Hyman, and Muzzin are cut from the same Austin Matthews cloth. But it sticks out with Matthews more because of how big of a guy he is. And you saw last night, they showed a replay of Marchand slapping him around and he just skates away. And it's like, dude, you could crush this guy. You could push him down to the ice easily and crush him. But instead he walks away and takes it like a... Just takes it. Like, it's just... Oh, man, it's... It's so frustrating to watch, like, because he's, oh, he doesn't even finish his checks, like, he doesn't do anything, and then when he's not scoring, it's like, what are you doing out here? It's, it, to me, it's just the fact that when it gets, when the game gets rough, he, he can't handle it, and he, like, checks out. That's the thing to me. It's like, he's not willing to go to the dirty areas, take a hit to make a play, go in, lay a body on somebody. He's not willing to do it. 
And it's like, like I, like I just said, you're not going to have success in the league unless you figure out this part of your game. And I don't know if it's like immaturity. I don't know if it's the fact that he's still like 21 years old. I don't know what it is, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta sack up a little bit here, bud. Like we're, we, we're not going to win unless you figure out this part of your game. You're not yeah. going to be considered an elite player, like in in the in the realm of like a Sidney Crosby for playoff success, unless you figure out this part of your game. And it just, I mean, it's, like I said, it just makes it worse because everyone else is the same. Yeah. Oh yeah. And th- this, yeah, w- w- when the when the game gets like that, the referees put their whistles away. The Leafs have no answer. They have no one who can push back. They have Muzzin and they have Kadri, but even then, the, the, they're not exactly like. Like you don't consider them like no, they're not dropping the gloves no. and beating someone's face in. No, but they're at least they're like pissing other guys off and 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 paying a price and also dishing it out. Like I, I admire I admire Kyle Dubas for a lot of things, but I think he I really hope he's learning a lesson watching these games and being like we need someone who can respond in these types of scenarios. Like the pure skill, I don't think getting a bigger person will help us be tougher. That might have worked when you were running the Sioux Greyhounds. That's not going to work when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. What about Brendan Shanahan? Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, where, where's like you're telling me that Brendan Shanahan, the type of player he was, isn't watching his team get completely, I'm gonna say it, bitched around for an entire game, and, and they're just like, oh, we'll come back next time. Yeah, no, and it's it's at this point, it's like we we've been on Babcock all year, but it's like it must be so frustrating on the bench when you're sending your your lines out there, and all of them are just getting run over and out competed and out hit and out toughed and out physicality or that doesn't even make sense but it's just like I don't know how Kyle Dubas is sitting up there being like well the numbers say that if we have Kapanen and Janssen on the ice that our possession numbers are a lot better regardless if they're getting our face beat in well, it's well, you just brought them up. Like it's not just Matthews; his two line mates are awful. Like Janssen, it was Babcock, everyone last yeah, night. Babcock too. put Janssen like, on the bench for the third period, and that's exactly where he deserved to be. It's awful. Like, like Patrick, Mar- like having Patrick Marlowe in this series. Like I, I respect the guy a lot. Like good guy, but like he's not a player you want in this series. He does nothing all over. I'm so sick and tired of watching this guy play hockey. Like. He's so bad, and then you throw in Nylander on that line too. Like, oh, let's let's get whoa, into him. like let's dude, get into like, him. Oh. oh my god, there. Uh, okay, I want to speak to the contingent of you that I saw on Twitter last night who just defend this guy nonstop. He's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. And you know what? We're allowed to call him terrible when he plays that way. And everybody, there's so there's such there's this group of people who get so angry if you start criticizing him and being like, oh, like I saw some guy tweet last night, like, oh, I love that Nylander made a visible mistake so the Nylander haters and their two brain cells can chirp him. It's like, you are a moron, bud. Like Dude, I, I, I one of my friends is one of the biggest Nylander fans, has always defended him. He texted me last night and said, quote, never defending Nylander again. Yeah. He sucks, zero compete, and I'm actually so mad watching him. Yeah, zero compete. That, that to me is, and again, it comes back to what we were just ranting about, about the Matthews thing. I don't want Austin Matthews to, or William Nylander to go out there and drop the gloves and pummel someone's face in. I want you to compete. 
I want you to be yeah, a but first you see David Pasternak last night. Like, yeah. David Pasternak's one of the most skilled hockey players in the league, and he was he th- threw like three huge hits last night. Yeah, it's just like like, like he didn't punch anyone in the face, but he laid out three Maple Leafs just like that. You 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 little like uh, pond hockey pretty boys. I'm fired up right now. I'm I'm just gonna say like I'm fired up right now. You little pond hockey pretty boys need to figure out how to play and be successful when the game isn't to your liking. You're not going to go out, especially this time of year. You're not going to go out this time of year and have all this open ice to skate and stick handle and make pretty little passes. It's not going to work. And it's your third time around, too. Like, this isn't your first time. Like, this is the third year you've been in the first round in a tough physical series, and you still are just so shy to the physicality. And to what it takes to win a playoff game. Like, it's not just this series. Like, turn on any other series right now. It's all the same. Like, all the guys, they're all get, playing tough. Could you Things imagine Could you imagine Austin Matthews and William Nylander having to play in this Pittsburgh-New York Islanders series? Yeah, like, th- those Nylander would be too are, scared are to go over the, the board of each other. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, like, it's not, like, I get it. It's not a part of your DNA, but, like, you're a hockey player. Hockey is the tough, what other sport is have a playoff like this where things just get so hard and tough on the rink and it's so physical. Like you got to know coming in a professional hockey player, a highly paid hockey player that you got to play a certain way to win. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to win and you're just going to collect a paycheck and piss your whole fan base off. I want to, I just want to touch one more thing on Nylander. Uh, I felt like I've said this a hundred times. I don't hate William Nylander. William Nylander is frustrating because he's got all the tools, but he just, I I guess it's this this blasé part of his personality. He doesn't want to roll his sleeves up and go to the tough, dirty areas to win. He doesn't want to do that. You can see the way he plays. And, And don't come at me with the, like, you watch the games. You see how the physicality's ratchet up this time of year. You need to get your head around the fact that you're you might get hit if you're out there. It's the same thing with Matthews. It's you play like, professional Jesus. hockey. Like it, you're you're good at like if you can't take a hit, then leave. Yeah. Like I don't I just I it, don't know. It's just it and like after a game last night, it's like you really start looking on some some of the decisions that Kyle Dubas made with William Nylander, and you're just like, oh man, like he he made a he might have made a huge mistake. Like just a huge mistake wow. having this guy. Well, no, like, the, listen, here's here's the reality about man. William Nylander. Here's the reality about William Nylander, okay? He is playing himself off the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sorry, Nylander lovers. F- call me every name you want because you are all the most like viciously immature group of people I've ever seen every time I go on Twitter. But he is playing himself off the team for, just from the sheer fact that He's not playing well. And also because Mitch Marner has played so well that you're going to have to pay him eleven yeah, and a half million. Yeah, you have three guys yeah. at eleven and a half million. So it's you're kind of hard to, to have that a seven million dollar weight on your salary. Seven cap. million dollar third liner. Yeah, who so, sucks. So you're gonna So uh, also for that reason. So yeah, Kyle Dubas definitely deserves criticism. And even even like remember at the deadline we were all like oh we don't want to get rid of Capitan and Janssen for another defenseman it's like you're nope. looking back at that decision being like yeah, that's another mistake yep. like could have had it could have got some assets for for those two guys who were probably at the peak of their playing careers at that time scoring a bunch of goals and now now they're both up for a contract and it's like oh my 
like it's just now you're looking back being like what what so many things could have been different and last it's just all magnified by a game like that last night where you're just so angry watching it and you just like you, you turn into a negative person you're like I hate this guy I hate this guy they all suck and now you feel like they're just going to get destroyed for the rest of the series after watching that last night. The problem is, is if you're going to be a cup team and a cup contending team, you need to be able to adapt to the style of game. You need to be able to have a response for your opponent, no matter what style they want to play, and be able to bring it back to your style. The Leafs don't have that. They played well in Game 1 because Boston didn't really bring the physicality, and the Leafs were able to play their skill, speed, possession, offensive game. And some guys just have a really good hockey. Like, when do you ever see Zaitsev play even remotely good like that game? Like, you know, some guys just had a really good night, and the Bruins didn't show up. And then last night, the Bruins showed up, and a lot of Leafs, and most of the Leafs didn't. That's, it's... It's true. So so they come out for game two and the Bruins are like, and you knew it going in. Like, this is the thing that drives me crazy. It's like, you knew going in that this is, was going to be Boston's response. They were going to ratchet up the physicality. They were going to bring it to the Leafs. They're going to be in their face and they can't handle it. They can't handle it. Like they just, they, 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 they wilt like, and this is where you get at with the fact that like, maybe there is the people who say that this team is built with too many of the same guy are onto something because it's like I said earlier, they have no response and no... Like, what is Andreas Janssen going to do in a physical game like that? He should... What, what you want him to do is take over with his skill and dominate possession and uh, create offensive chances, but he can't because he just gets taken out of the fact... Taken out of the game because the Bruins are, are leaning on every... Like, there's no ice, and you, you need to be able to create and create space and time for yourself, and they can't do it. They just can't do it. We saw it all year. God, it's frustrating. Yeah, I, I get the whole possession numbers, but it's like, I didn't see, I get it. Cool, these guys, you want skilled guys to have possession, but they don't have possession, so what's the point? If you don't have possession, what's what's the sense of having guys who are possession hockey players? Like, they, they, they're useless at that point. They were all useless last night. Like, the only guys who showed up last night were Zach Hyman, Nazem Kadri and Frederick Anderson. Like I thought, I thought Jake maybe Muzzin, Muzzin, Muzzin too. Yeah, Muzzin. Yeah, at least Muzzin, Muzzin was throwing bodies there, around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And everyone else was horrible. Patrick Marlowe, horrible. Nylander, horrible. Matthews, horrible. Kapanen. John Tavares and Marner, no shows. Like Kapanen, horrible. Janssen, yeah. horrible. Jake yeah. Gardner, horrible. Oh, Jake Gardner. If any, if I ever hear someone say Jake Gardner is an elite skater ever again, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, watch Morgan Riley skate or Charlie McAvoy skate. Those are elite skaters. Don't tell me for one second that Jake Garner's an elite skater. He's garbage and slow. And his agent is probably having a heart attack right now watching him in the series going, well, there goes my $7 million million contract for my player because the whole world is watching how much he sucks right now. Okay, all right. So that was a good twenty minutes of just ranting and raving and carving and all that sort of thing. So let's let's transition out of that. If you, okay, Ryan, you're Mike Babcock, all right. What are you saying to the team ahead of Game Three? Just like I don't even know at this point. I don't I don't know what Mike's saying. If you're Mike, you're going in there and basically saying everything we just said, just not in a negative tone, just kind of letting them know that. This is what the playoffs are, boys. Like, I've been in a lot of playoff series. I've won a Stanley Cup. I've coached a lot of good hockey players. And they displayed what needs to be done to win. And you guys need to start doing that. 
Like, go back and start watching Red Wings 08 tape. Like, you know, like, start start look, watching other series, how other top players are handling the toughness of the NHL playoffs. Like, you can, but again, you can go in there and give them that message and they could just tune it. Like, oh, okay, sure, Mike. And they go out and just do the same thing over again. I don't know if Mike can say anything at this point. What's it going to take to get some of these guys to just get like like I, I'm I'm not going to lie I don't want to talk about William Nylander I'm 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 just so angry a, about his play right now that I just I I don't want to talk about him. What's it going to take to get Austin Matthews to realize that like you, you can't you can't go dark in these types of environments, dude? Like you can't. age, eight. Yeah. I think age is the old time because yeah. I don't yeah. think some I don't think a switch is going to get flipped, man. That's what he doesn't I have think. a switch that can be flipped. It's gonna t- it's gonna take what, like look at Ovi. It took Ovi a long time to realize what he had to do. Like some guys, it just takes age and maturity. Like maybe like it, in his deal, like it, it's clear that he just doesn't have that type of personality. He's not that type of player, and it's gonna take him a long time to finally realize that. Even though I'm not this type of player or this person, I'm gonna have to kind of turn into that type of person in order to have a chance at this thing. Because if I keep playing the way I'm playing right now, I'm just a highly overpaid hockey player in the playoffs. And we we just think that William Nylander is never going to get there. No, William Nylander is that everyone grew up with a kid you played rep hockey with, you played rep baseball with, who had all the tools in the world, but just couldn't couldn't put it all together mentally or could never show the work to get it all the way there. And even though William Nylander is a National Hockey League player making $7 million, he's lumped in that category. All the skill in the world, but he's just never going to never gonna be there for you. Never a guy. You want, you want to go into the trenches with William Nylander? Like that's the guy you're looking at beside you on the bench being like, I'm going to war with this guy. Like, oh my God, I'd, be, I'd be worried if I was a Maple Leaf looking to my right and seeing Nylander having my back like ugh, he's got to be careful he's playing himself off the team like yeah and, like and it was the playing. beauty of the game the other game I did I gave him he, beauty of the game yeah I, I gave him beauty of the game because he he capitalized on his chances and I thought he played pretty well and then last night and but again it's 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 all of them right except for Nazem Kadri and Zach Hyman and Jake Muzzin the like and we saw it all year and I just I just had this feeling before the game started yesterday I was like I don't know if this is going to go well because we saw it all year they could they're super inconsistent all year they're still a really young team the, the second you take away time and space with physicality they cannot handle it so no. frustrating yeah then I don't, I don't see things changing. Like, what's going to change? Like, unless they come out and play, like, unless Boston doesn't show up again, like, game one. Well, you got to hope for that. You got to hope that the if the, they can catch Boston sleeping at times and, and put a few in and get some I mean, the only, the only thing that's getting me time. through last night was they got absolutely run out of the rink in the first two games last year, and they somehow made it to game seven. And Freddie Anderson was great in both games. Yeah, so like, for, I thought Freddie was unreal last night. Like he, he got he got dangled by Marshawn, nice goal. But all the other goals, it was like, what what are you gonna do, man? And he made he made like ten unbelievable saves last night. Like, how can you be a player looking at your goalie who's already bailed you out a hundred million times this season, and be okay with with letting him get just a shooting gallery against him? Like, it's just, man, they're gonna they're gonna just have to. 
they're just got the sack up, man. Like they're gonna have to realize that we we got well. Let's take a punch in the face from Char or DeBrusque, but just keep going. Like just keep sk- spend some time in the offensive zone. Make a good pass. Like last night, they couldn't even make a good pass in the neutral zone. How many times do you see a leave defenseman try to make a pass up to a forward and it banked off a stick or just missed him or the forwards out of position or or a winger in the D zone who's just watching, watching the Bruins in the leave zone. Like, Caspery Kapanen is the best bystander I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, his, Andreas Janssen yeah. is the best bystander I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm more on Janssen. Like at least, at least Kapanen can skate fast. Like I don't know. Like what you look the at the Bruins Janssen's wingers. Yeah. yeah, look at the Bruins wingers in in their own zone. Like they're they're up on the D. Like when the when the puck goes back to the point to like Riley, there's a Bruins winger like right on him. And if they go back to the winger on the hash mark, there's that winger right on him. There's Andreas Janssen just standing in the middle, just waving his little stick around. It's just like, ah, oh, dude, like, come on. Like, show some more effort in your own zone. Like, the Leafs wingers in their own end, man. Like, it, it, it's it's brutal. And their defense, like, their defense, like, wh- I know their defense isn't great handling a puck, but when you get destroyed that many times below your own goal line by four checks, like, at, at some point, it's going to wear you down. Like, those wingers gotta help out. The center's gotta help out. Like it's just, they they it's 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 gonna be interesting, man. Like let, let's see if they have a response. All right, let's let's just put a bow on this. I just want to get your comment. Like we touched on it earlier, but just give me some final comments on this. Do you think anything will be done about the officiating? Like I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brendan yeah, Shanahan I, is putting a call into the league. Yeah, today. yeah. I, I think I think after the DeBrusque knee and then Kadri, like there's gotta be something. There's gotta be something like. Because, you know, Sedano Char is going to end up punching someone in the face at some point. And the Bruins aren't going to stop running around. Like, without Kadri, they kinda, the Leafs don't really have that dirty left in them. But, and Tory Krug, you know, Jake Muzzin's hit was clean. But, like, now Tory Krug's out. And you think someone will want to go after Muzzin now. So, it's like, they, they someone's got to take control of this series. Like, a referee's got to blow his whistle. And you just touched on it again. Nazem Kadri, how long do you see? I hope it could, honestly, it's an in-person hearing, which means it could be as much as five games. I'm really hoping that it's they take the officiating into consideration and how the refs let everything get totally out of hand and they'll end up giving them one or two. Like that's And it's already been announced that DeBrusque will not face supplemental discipline for his knee-on-knee, which is a joke. Nazem Kadri will probably be gone for the rest of the series for no other reason that he has a history. He he's on their list of guys with a history of suspensions, so they're cracking down on guys like that now. So I I see him probably gone for the series at this point. Which what what does that mean? Nylander's got to play center now. Great. Well, it's like, uh, it was um, it's amazing what can happen in forty eight hours, eh? Thursday night, we were oh riding an absolute high, feeling great. And well, now yeah. it, we're just like, yep, this is what we thought for months. This is what we thought. This is why some people were picking the Bruins in four and five games because of how that game went last night. Yeah, and it's embarrassing because there's nothing the Leafs can do about it or there's nothing they're willing to do about it. All like, right. It's just like, okay, we'll just we'll we'll just take it. Like, All right, let's do uh, bum of the game, beauty of the game. Hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. 
right, Ryan. I think uh, we're going to have lots of uh, Bum and Beauty nominees here. Well, a lot of Bum nominees. So I'll go first. I'll just say it. I won't, I won't go into too much detail. I rant raved about him earlier. Austin Matthews is my Bum of the game. Um, you're, you're supposed to be our superstar, our best player. You're the highest paid guy on the team. As, well, starting next year, he's the highest paid guy on the team. But just like, we need more from you. I said for like we need more. He's got to be a stud, and to to go completely MIA in a physical game like that, it's it's, it's unacceptable. That's the word I'm going to use for it. It's unacceptable. We need more. Awesome Matthews is my bum of the game, and I want to have an honorable shout out to Kyle Lowry who zero points and also pulled a Houdini disappearing act in the first Raptor playoff game yesterday. So Kyle Lowry gets my co bum of the game too. Yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the tandem of Capitan and Yonset as my bum of the bum of the game. Gonna go after Nylander, but I'm sick of saying his name, so I'll go after Capitan and Yonset because those were the two guys that everyone wanted to hold on to, including the general manager, because you couldn't just miss out on their speed and skill. But it's now it's like I would have taken another defenseman in a heartbeat for these two guys. I get Capitan can skate fast and Yonset can skate fast, but like too many players cut out of the same cloth, and they just did not show up last night. They were horrible in their own end, created no offense, which also didn't help Austin Matthews at all. But Austin Matthews could have had Yari Curry and Adam Oates on his wings yesterday and still would have done nothing. So I, I they're capping in the odds, and you're my bum of the game. All right, beauty of the game. Which one of us is going to take Freddie Anderson? I'm going to take Nazem Kadri as my beauty of the game. Okay. You go I, I just I just think you know what he's gonna get suspended and it sucks and you kind of wish he kind of just held back on that cross check but when the whole team's after you and you're the only guy who has the 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 stones to stand up to everyone and and lay hits and get in their face and try to play that Bruin style of hockey like your 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 temper is gonna flare up and you and unfortunately it's gonna end up in suspension but I respect a guy who's willing to put the team on his shoulders and try to start that whole physical hit parade and and trying to counteract that style. So I'm going to give Nazem Kadri all the credit in the world. And it drives me nuts how he's the villain this morning. Like, if you watched that game last night, like, come on. Like, the Bruins are a dirty hockey team. Dirty, dirty hockey team. Jake DeBrusque is a little weasel. And I just said it, beauty of the game for me, Freddie Anderson showed up, was fantastic. His team completely hung him out to dry. If anyone should be the most pissed off after last night, it's him because he gave them a chance to get back in that game and they screwed it up. So Freddie Anderson, beauty of the game. And with that ride, game three goes Monday night back at Scotiabank Arena. This is this is the a Scotiabank big one. Funeral Home Arena? Yeah, this is a this is a big one, man. Like they gotta like like you said, it's it's a positive that we're leaving Boston. You know what? Ahead of ahead of the series, if someone had said to me you're gonna leave Boston tied at a game apiece, I'd have taken that all day. So that's a plus. And they gotta they gotta have they gotta respond at home. Babcock will be able to get he'll have last change. He'll be able to get his matchups out there. Bruce Cassidy last night right off the bat tried to get Bergeron away from Tavares. You saw that. And so Babcock's probably going to hard match again, and hopefully the Leafs can just take Boston out of it and play their skilled game like they did in Game One. That's what they need yeah. to do. So it's not it's not all dark. Like they still have a split, but just 
everyone who watched that game last night, like you, you felt what we were feeling. Like you, you get so it's you're right. It's such a helpless feeling sitting on your couch watching your team just get punched in the face. Like, and because you just know they have no answer. Like in previous years, and again, I'm not pining for for these years to come back, but in previous years they would have a player where you're like, all right, he's gonna go out there and they're gonna have to answer to him. They got they got no one. They got no one who can yeah. do that. No one. And I really hope the general manager is learning from this and seeing that you can't run a team in the NHL trying to win a Stanley Cup with grown-ass men like the way you ran the Sioux Greyhounds. You can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Nope. And and on a piece of paper, too. Yeah. Like, and don't try can't... to run your hockey team through a calculator. Yeah. Please. Yeah. All right. And with that, we will see you guys after Game 3 on Monday night. Thank you, everybody, for downloading. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I wanna live at the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.